Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. They aim to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each and every day. Now, we all know that there's a coronavirus going around and we want everyone to be safe and happy. And a lot of things have been canceled. Okay. And a lot of sales that Cufflinks had have been canceled too. NCAA, things like that. But they have now put over 700 items on their sale page to get a great discount while people are planning that next outing with their friends. When this all clears up, and you go out, you're still going to have to look good. So head over to cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Westworld Theory Cast. My name is Axel, and my co-hosts today and every Wednesday are Jenny and Brett. Today we'll be talking about Westworld Season 3, Episode 2, The Winter Line. We come to you three times a week. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the episode that Ken and I did on Monday. So today it's me and Jenny and Brett. Friday it's the cleanup techs, Gina, Tim, and Ando Calrissian. They did a great job. Actually, I want to ask everybody about some of the theories they had, but... uh, let me finish my intro. You can find out more about us at DVR Podcast Network, all the other great shows we cover, like Better Call Saul. I'm covering that with Ashea from History of Westeros. DJ Tim and I are finishing Curb Your Podcast this Friday. Please do take a moment to write a review. It really does help. There's a million, you know, we were one of the first five Westworld podcasts that ever existed. As soon as the show was announced, I think I put up like a little, I didn't even advertise it, but I I think I put up a little, uh, little intro cast. I may have since taken that down, but, uh, that was all the way back on talk shoe days. Um, but there are a million of them. So give us a review, uh, write a review for us. And we really do appreciate that. It helps raise us up and let people know that we're out there. You can also um, become a patron at patreon.com slash DVR. want to welcome Erin, my old friend from Durham. She is our newest patron. Thanks, Erin. Welcome. Hope you're enjoying all the podcasts. But let's get on with the show now. Jenny, how are you doing? I am all right. I'm glad to be here. How are you, Axel? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. I'm holding tight with the uh, no COVID and... Just, you know, keeping my head on straight, not going out. How about you, Brett? I'm doing fantastic. I loved, loved the episode. It was totally had a season two feel. And uh, it was just really cool. Good. Yeah. I love this episode too. That's what I was going to say first. Um, I guess I'll just go right back to you, Brett. What were your kind of reactions to the episode overall feelings why you liked it why you didn't all that kind of jazz um it it just it had a really nice feel to it it in typical westworld fashion it tied together lines of dialogue that you've heard before you know making those connections we saw um 
basically Maeve when she was calling out Lee for not being real. I was very similar to last episode, Caleb calling out Francis for not being real. And then, of course, Lee started twitching out exactly like James Delos twitched out. So all that stuff was really cool. And then we got the aspect ratio that was yeah. that kind of slid into the screen there. And you suddenly realized it was a virtual reality. So it, all the, all that stuff is, it was just a great callback. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, this was uh, when I talked about it with Ken, this was like a classic sci-fi, almost twilight zone-ish type thing. Um, and I like that it kind of completed that arc within one episode. What did you think, Jenny? I thought it was a great episode. I thought that it was um, a bit unusual in seeming slower yet fast at the same time. At least to me, it was. Um, I think it was that whole thing, like the season two vibe, or as uh, Ken had said, the uh, Akicheta, or was that you, Axel, that said yeah, the Akicheta, I think Akicheta episode? Um, but world, yeah. It was definitely different than the prior seasons in that they really broke things down for the audience within the dialogue, making it easier for the un- uninitiated to uh, understand it with some ease. You know, they like, like, Maeve basically explained exactly what was going on. Yes. Yeah. So they they hadn't done that really in prior seasons to my recollections other than like when Ford explained in the middle of last season about <clears throat> you know why the simulations you know didn't work for the humans etc. I mean that was like the only time I remember them like really kind of breaking things down for you. Yeah, that's true. I le- I I thought that that was helpful and like we talked about last Oh me episode. too, me too. It's good to do, you know, I mean, I, I guess, you know, some people become worried that this show and I did on over the uh, off season that, you know, what they were saying, it was going to get dumbed down, but I don't have a problem with that. I think that that's helpful in general. And the way that they did it was not too overly expositional, you know? Right. Right. To me, it also was like, um, it was, it wasn't so much dumbed down. It's just like, cause for me. Initially, when I watched that that season two episode that I was just referring to, I didn't even catch it the first time I watched it. And I'm a person that's really into this show. So I caught it the, the, the second time through. And this time I was like, I caught it the first time through because she kind of explained it. Yeah. But then the second time through, I like even got more from it. So mm-hmm. I thought it was helpful as well. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny. You know, we do the podcast and you guys were always writing in and and following along uh, even before you came on the show and you kind of think, oh, hey, you know, we're really into it and we know, but this is a show that even people who follow it along get things wrong or misunderstandings. I was on one of these Facebook pages and someone did not understand that um, Bernard was different from James Delos in the way that Bernard was a copy of Arnold, but Delos was a downloaded new red ball cop, you know, Mm -hmm. because the person died. He's a different kind of host. I I don't know if we've come, he's like a host human hybrid. 
mm-hmm. and I was trying to explain that to them, and they're like, "Well, it's the same thing." And I was like, "Well, it's not <laughs> no, really the no, same it thing." Isn't. <laughs> um, but no, they, because they made a faithful copy yes, of Arnold yeah. in Bernard, and they used Ford's memories and Dolores's memories largely to yeah, create yeah. them. It's totally different. But you can see that that person, I had like yeah, 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 back yeah. and forth with them, and then I just gave up. And I was like, okay, if you know, I, mean, I, I would suggest you go back. You any yeah. further. That was kind of the basis of what season two was all about that Dolores was the one giving him the fidelity tests. But you know, I mean, I'm not, I can't argue too much. So that's why I say for this episode, when they're in the cradle and she explains, I wasn't here, and then she goes through and looks down, oh, Dolores, you know. I thought mm-hmm. that the way they did it was not, um, you know, it didn't it didn't seem dumb to me or overly explanatory because within right. the context of it, it she had to say that. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I don't know. You want to kind of start at the beginning? What did you all? Um, what did you think, Brett, of this opening with uh, Hector? How long did it take you to kind of? figure that he wasn't awoke or that they were in a simulation. What did you think of all this kind of stuff? I was, <clears throat> I was just kind of watching in the moment. Cause I, I, there was a question in the back of my mind, you know, if, if either one of them were actually awake or if both of them were awake, the second time I watched it, I caught this, that when Maeve says the very first line that she says to Hector before he ever turns around is like, she says, turn around or who are you or something like that. And she like catches herself as if she realizes that she said it before. So that would be a dead giveaway. If you were really uh, paying close attention that she was awake, but I wasn't totally convinced the first time I saw the scene that either one of them were awake until obviously they were on the plane. Yeah. So it was, I, th- I thought it was really well done that, that it could go either way there. Yeah, and you you had in your notes, Jenny, do you think that she, because this is a question I had, do you think that she fully realized she couldn't use her mind control power? Like, you, did you notice that she was really trying to use it, or is that something you'd inferred? Oh, no, I thought she was trying to use it because she gave the command to the German soldiers to oh, leave them right. be. Okay, that's yeah. right. And then... She realizes that, that, that he didn't respond. And so then she just shoves that cyanide. I assume it's a cyanide tablet into the guy's eye and they take off running. So <laughs> That was yeah. so weird. I was like, why did you put it in his eye? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, it was funny. Cause I was, I was pretty sure she was awake then. And, and you know, um, well, I mean, when she was trying to control him, I thought she was awake at the beginning of the scene. Um, she seemed surprised that it was Hector when he came into the room. I thought it was funny when they were running and she made the, sh- the crack about sensible shoes. And uh, <laughs> that I think you and Ken talked about, there was some quite a bit of humor in this episode. So I, I, I liked that as well. Yeah. What'd you think of Hector's look? Oh, he was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> he looked good, right? He yeah, really cleans up well. He did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. <laughs> Paolo, he finally got off the island. He unburied himself and there he is. Um, yeah, that um, that I think that the 
whole setup of, and I watched it again uh, after yesterday's show, and um, I was just really impressed by the whole camera work, all you know, the whole setup of the little area there. Some people online have been saying that they found little inconsistencies and I didn't notice anything like that. Did you all see anything that was supposed to show how this was kind of like a hastily drawn simulation, but I didn't really see any. I didn't catch that. I thought it looked nice. Yeah. I thought it looked pretty cool. The very first time I saw it at this, in the stinger scene last episode, it did look remarkably fake. It almost looked like a movie set or something. When yeah, she's remember looking... my comment to you guys about the little yeah. green army men? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it almost That's did true. look like like a movie set or something. So maybe it, I mean, I guess maybe it did look a little slightly more fake than than your realistic amusement park would. Yeah, and the, I like that bridge. Yeah, it was very beautiful. I think they said it was filmed in Spain, although it was supposed to be in Italy, but I'm pretty sure they said they filmed it in Spain. Yeah, I like that. Um, so moving along with that, you want you want to kind of stick with Maeve or I can go kind of sequentially through what we went through. Uh, do you guys have any preference? I don't. We can stick no. with Maeve or go the other way. It really doesn't matter to me. Yeah, let's just roll through sequentially. Okay, cool. Um, you had something in your notes about a bird. Oh, I because I had put in my notes last week about the opening scene. And there's a bird in the opening scene. And one of the online articles that I read last week had said something about it being a dove. So I really was paying attention this week, which because I had called it an eagle in my notes last week. And um, so I was just effort- I was calling out that it was definitely not a dove, that it was definitely an eagle. And um, there's shades of Icarus there because the way the bird keeps flying up and it like flies into the sun yeah. and then it starts turning like the, the feathers and stuff fall off and you can see it's like a robotic bird but it it was definitely an eagle so yeah but Icarus's flight that took him too close to the sun and melted his wax on his wings yeah this this beginning you know I still I, I the the beginning last year for season two where the mother is holding the baby and I know uh-huh. that in the end that came to symbolize Maeve and her daughter Right. But I'm still convinced at some point that like Dolores is going to have a kid or Maeve is going to have a kid. <laughs> well, all the, all the, 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 what do you call it? The hosts that Dolores creates, they're all her kids. That's true in a way, but I'm thinking more of the traditional, like right, right, right. to kind I of like, you. maybe that's, they were giving a little foreshadowing there. That that's like the pinnacle of what really is going to happen is a melding of the two rather Hmm. than, you know, like just like the host take over. I don't know. Perhaps. Could be. I hope so. (laughs) Um, All right. So next up we have after we kind of go back and forth with Maeve, but at this first point she realizes that she's in not she doesn't think she's in a simulation she just thinks she's back in the park so she shoots herself and hector um and we jump from that to the south china sea with bernard 
What'd you think of the, did this doc give you Jurassic park vibes or what Brett? Yeah, totally. I loved it. I loved that, that music, the, the same like eerie music that was from the beach scene last year, you know, the, the Carl strand theme or whatever was playing. So it was, just the, the music throughout this whole episode was also really great callback music, but yeah, d- just really cool. Um, the boat coming up to the Island, those giant pillars sticking out of the sea. Yeah. Very, very cool. And we get, you know, just to keep track, I want to keep on mentioning it. We only got one, like, uh, I guess you call it, um, Rehoboam interstitial, I guess you'd call it, mm-hmm. or a title screen. And that mm-hmm. only happens when just before this is after she, you know, she shoots him and then and herself. And then we get the intro and then we get, you know, South China Sea. And then we see Bernard there. So that's the only one we get this episode. Divergence, South China Sea, 6.06 arc seconds. I'm looking at it right now. And that does match because actually I think, Brett, I think you wrote in about those Finnish subtitles in email that we read on the show back in the day that they gave out like the coordinates and this matches those coordinates. Uh, I'll I'll take credit for that. I don't know that it was me, but... It makes sense. <laughs> you had mentioned that on the the pre-show with uh, Hacks and um, what's uh, his name? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you Trust you me. did me. Axel. Me, or, Axel. I was talking about the pre-show this week. Oh yes, I remember. <laughs> I remember. You you guys were talking about that. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool that that you know I don't know I still think there might be some kind of connection with the country angle that. Wet, like Westworld or Delos is kind of in cahoots with China and yeah. in sight is the United States. So if you're selling online, you need ReadyCloud CRM. ReadyCloud CRM keeps you and your team connected through a powerful e-commerce suite for shipping, online returns, and growth marketing. Go to readycloud.com slash pod to start your free trial. ReadyCloud CRM syncs with all popular sales channels, including Shopify, BigCommerce, Magento, WooCommerce, Square, and Amazon. ReadyCloud CRM has the everyday tools you need to review all your orders, quickly ship your orders for less, and handle returns the way Amazon does. Start out today and get 100 free action alerts by registering at readycloud.com slash pod. That's readycloud.com slash pod. So mm. because you brought up the um, those, uh, the, whatever you call them, the little cards with the, the location on them. So where do you, do you think Maeve is also in the South China Sea? I mean, because we know she's not at the park now because of this episode. So do you think that that was still in China? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I wish they would have told us where she was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I do not assume that he's, I don't assume Ciroc it either. No, no. I, mean, I don't know that that was really him in person that was interacting with her. I think it might've just been another simulation because you think he actually has a, um, a host body for her. 
Hmm, that's interesting. Well, he would see, because he seemed to be able to get into and you know, I mean, we we can talk about that with all the different um uh pearls that seem to be there, control units. Mm-hmm. Um it seemed to be that he has access to all of Westworld's information perhaps besides the forge. So it could be some sort of still a simulation, but I I don't know. I don't think that they would do a double like that. I think that that really was him. It looks to me like it might be some, it looked kind of jungly, tropical-ish, but that could be Mm -hmm. anywhere. Right. He could be in Los Angeles of the, you know what I mean? And also in this future, we have no idea what kind of, I mean, they, well, actually we do because they can do it on Westworld. They can do huge terraforming. So if they can do it at Westworld, they can do it anywhere. He he does say, uh, welcome to our world, the real world, or something like that. Yeah. So it's a direct line. And I assume that he has a body printer because uh, he stole her control unit. And I assume that he, somewhere on the site there, he has the ability to print bodies for those control units. Yeah, I would think so too. I think so. Well, let's get back to Westworld. Um, <laughs> we have Bernard walking through. I really like this. Was kind of neat. It was, they did it pretty fast too. This episode moved at a clip. Same. Really short. Yeah, it was short. You know, a- after last year, where everything we knew was taking place like within a week or so, couple week period, what ten to fourteen days, eleven days, I think it was. Um, this they're just kind of jumping. Like I mean, it may have taken him a little bit of time on a boat to get there. And yeah, he must walk fast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's he's kind of a fast walker. <laughs> you know, like remember when people used to do that in malls? Do they still do that? Well, not right now. They don't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. They don't do it now. They're they're really walking fast from the person next to him. Um, I thought that this was kind of cool, like taking us a trip back. You know, Ken got the feeling that we were not going to get go back to Westworld. And I think he pointed to scenes like this, where he's doing kind of like the greatest hits, you know, his farewell tour. Do you think that we're going to go back to Westworld, Jenny? I I remember hearing Ken say that, and it made me sad because I believed he very well may be right. Uh, I hope we go back to Westworld. I need to hear some more of those fun uh, player piano tunes, you know, because <laughs> like I love that he like did like uh, like I can't even think of um, the songs that were on there, but there was oh, like Rolling Stone song. Yeah, 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 like there was like good stuff on there. I was like, oh, that sounds really good. So anyway, I'm silly, uh- but. I do uh, hope we get to see it at least one more time, but I would not be surprised if Ken is right. I think we're going back there. I hope uh, you're right. The reason I say that is because that stinger scene at the end of season two, the forge is still there. So it, it may be, you know, maybe at some you know distant future time, but I do think we're going to go back there at some point. Yeah. That was my feeling too. The kind of end as we began type of thing. And it is the Nexus, and the show is called Westworld. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ford's still there in yeah, some but, way. Yeah, but but I think, don't you mean, are, doesn't 
can mean and what I'm taking it to mean is the actual like Westworld Westworld. Oh, that's I mean, a good point. I'm not saying we couldn't go back to the Forge or like one of the other parks because we still don't know what one of the parks is. So, I mean, and that's assuming that World War World <laughs> was a part <laughs> of the six parks and not something that was just created by insight to run simulations in. Yeah. That's true. Well, I think Hailbot is in the process of trying to get Westworld back up and running. Right. It could it, it could just be, you know, the building of the hosts side of things, but it also could be that you know, maybe they do want to get the park back up. So, we'll see. Yeah. I I mean, I do hope so too, because uh, just as even saying it, I hear the dun, 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 woo, woo, and coming in on the train, you <laughs> right. know, waking up mm-hmm. and they, they established that so well, it would be cool for them to reopen the park and for us to have some sort of back. journey. Yeah. Trip back, even maybe Dolores and or Maeve in a different body or, you know, going back to experience it in some way. I think that would be pretty interesting. Um, Now, when Bernard walks through, of course, this is where, uh, oh, wait, before we get that, before we get that, we go back to Maeve and she's um, back on the table with Felix and the other tech. This is where she reaches out, grabs Felix's hand. He doesn't acknowledge her. What did you guys think of all this were you and then Lee appears too, so that was a fun. <laughs> I I thought it was funny when she made the joke about his heart <laughs> <laughs> when he was talking about getting shot, and yeah. she's you know like mm-hmm. he said they missed his, and she said so compact a target. I just thought that was funny. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of thoughts about it. I mean, we were learning more, and I was really a little surprised that she was gonna lobotomize herself but i could understand i wonder why uh felix and sylvester did not recognize her because she was in a simulation right but lee recognized her because he was a bot so they they had him sizemore was there to take her so they could learn what she had in her head they but, were trying. That's why he took her to the forge and whatever. I mean, I guess they could have programmed Felix. I get. Is that where you're going? They could have programmed yeah. them to rec- Maybe they didn't realize how much they had helped her. But that I, I see what Brett's saying because the only way they could have known about the relationship between her and Lee, right, and that he sacrificed himself for her and written that whole story is to be able to see her code in some way and her memories. So they should have been able to see that Felix and Sylvester were her friends too. I had not thought of that, Brett. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I wonder if that was an oversight or, or what degree, to what degree Sirach, you know, knows everything that happened. Mm, Maybe he just knows bits and pieces. Maybe that was part of his, the errors that he made in like, like Sizemore's air, they made the error with Sizemore thinking that he was in love with her. And that was not the case. I mean, he was like, you know, when he tried to kiss her and she's like, yeah, it wasn't like that. And then when they go to his office and there's all those drawings of her and she's like, what is this? Um, So, I mean, maybe that was an error on their part that they didn't realize that maybe um, Felix and Sylvester 
played down um, their part or were able to play it down in some way. Yeah. Or that, that's, that is interesting. Cause what it makes me think of is if he only had the information from say like the Delos Westworld side, right? They knew that a bunch of security officers killed Lee Sizemore as he protected Maeve and other hosts running away. So right. that was the mm-hmm. basic information and that made him walk with the limp and talk about that. And that's as deep as it got, but it felt to me, I would have to go over the dialogue again, but it did feel to me. And based upon the fact that her freaking control unit was plugged into this simulation that they would have access to her. Um, and he was able to change her too, right? He put the button in. So I do, I, that is interesting. Maybe that points to what people were talking about, about this being a somewhat like shabby simulation or hastily written, or he, or like you're saying, I think Jenny, you said he just doesn't have as much information as we think he might have. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially on someone that's died. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but it still doesn't explain why he wouldn't be able to get her. Maybe, well, you know what? You know what it could be? You know what? I think I figured it out. Here we go, Brett. <laughs> Let me see if Brett buys this. He, um, it was, he didn't take Maeve to be as strong as he thought. So he had, they had, there were so many of those control units that they kind of plugged them all in. They were, they were running probably their own simulation each. And maybe they, they didn't have that information about Maeve yet. So she basically outed herself, right? By escaping and coming out. And that's why at the end he said, well, I thought, you know, I thought, but then he says, I thought you might be the problem. Yeah. So that doesn't yeah. make sense. He said he thought, it, he yeah. thought, yeah, he she, thought she was the problem. Reason. That's interesting. All right. Until this morning. So. Well, maybe um, Westworld needs to hire Brett as a writer. Maybe that's the solution. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't think that he can just read her, her, her thoughts or else he would know already that she wasn't in the forge. So that's true too. Right. I don't know that he has access to all of her code. Yeah. Mm. Maybe that's, maybe she put a protection on it in some way. And maybe that in effect, maybe we've discovered a little bit of a clue towards the limits of control that he may have on her. Perhaps. What do you think? Do I get an, do I get a name? Like thinking, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if he, if that kind of is a clue that maybe he can't get totally into her, he, 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 he's able to freeze her or whatever. And maybe that's an overall like handicapping her from like a, 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 an outside way that she can't control the body, but he, he still can't get deep inside her mind like that. And maybe she's the one who did that. I think that I hope that they address that. Mm. Now it's bothering yeah. me. <laughs> that was good. Good job, Brett. <laughs> now you got me something else to ponder in this life. 
<laughs> um, but it was great to see size more. Um, what did you think about the fact that she decides all of a sudden to go and see her daughter again? Like, I, I felt like, didn't she have well, that, that opportunity? Was, that what was, do you think? See, that, was, that was all size more too, as he was trying to get her engaged. And he's like, well, I put you here. And, you know, cause she doesn't know that it's simulation yet. He said he put her in world war world. I think you just like making me say that. Um, <laughs> cause I can't say it <laughs> because of being near the forge and uh then then when she hears about the forge she gets all excited again because she's like oh i could go join my you know in the hereafter or wherever they sent the other hosts minds um she she's like i can go finally be with her and and she was excited about that because that was always her motivation yeah but Mm -hmm. i'm i i don't know i i have to say that there was a part of me when she said that, I was a little disappointed. I was too, but then you know they get there and she finds out it's a simul- yeah. simulation, so it doesn't <laughs> matter anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, the same way I was kind of so disappointed. my disappointment <laughs> didn't last long. <laughs> Me neither, right? About forty minutes. <laughs> Not even that long. Yeah, that's true. She that's figures true. it out just a few minutes later. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, between that and trying to lobotomize herself, it's like she had just given up on life. Right. Which is which is disappointing. Yeah. But she's back. That's true. Yep. She is back. And and I guess that is kind of I guess a theme of this episode is Maeve trying to find a new motivation, right, for existing. Because what I think is is she still you know, we see her get frozen there at the end and she's on like she has a new core directive, which has been forced upon her. But is she really going to try to find Dolores because she has the same, her purpose? She's like, I might as well go find Dolores because then I can find where my daughter is. I hope so. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I do hope so because I, I, I don't know where she's going to go from from here. I mean, you, you and Ken had theorized a few things, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I want her to go after Dolores, and I think that's where we're going to go. Yes, yeah. but I don't know how it's going to happen. I think that that's a good setting that up in this episode with the daughter in the simulation. Then when she comes out, she still retains that. And then she has a dual purpose to find Dolores, which is what Sirach wants her to do. But she really just wants to find her daughter, wherein he wants her to kill Dolores and take her out. So that's interesting that she, how long can she, when is he going to fig, is he going to figure that out and try to find the forge before her so he can still have more leverage over her? Right. I think he's pretty got her under control right now. I think I I I kind of think that he made it easy for her to break out of the simulation and that he was just kind of waiting for her to do it and then she he obviously has this this forward level control over her that nobody else has and the ability to freeze all motor functions there. So it's almost like he's just going to you know, do, do what he wants with her but for, for now. I mean, we'll see how, we'll see how it goes, but I don't think he's going to let her out 
into the real world to find Dolores without having a, a leash on her. That's going to make her very angry. She does not like to have her free will taken away. Yes, it is. <laughs> that is the truth. None of them do, right? But then she kind of finds herself back where she began. Speaking of that, Bernard goes back to Ford's childhood home. This scene was kind of fun. What would you think of it, Brett? This whole thing, finding Stubbs, looking at his old tripod, seeing where he killed his ex-girlfriend. You know, just the fun stuff. Was that her laying there on the floor? Like, who was that dead body laying there? <clears throat> or was it a dead host body? <laughs> I couldn't remember who that was. That is a good question. I, I wasn't sure whether... <laughs> do you know what she's referring to, Brett? No, I, I missed when that. When he was fixing stuff, yeah, there was a body call, laying Jenny. there on the floor with black pants and a white button-down was... shirt. Long sleeves, I believe. Yeah, you know, you're right. At first, I thought, well, it couldn't have been her um, because <laughs> they found her and took her away. Um, remember, that was like everyone <laughs> yeah. in the park knew, right? So, or well, Right, actually, her real body, was, yeah. but what about her host body? Didn't Because she, she had a host body, too. Uh, no, I think that that... No. Well, oh, go ahead, Brett. Uh, I I don't believe Teresa Cullen, I believe is her character's name, yeah. had a had a host body. No, I don't think she did either. I don't think. Okay. I, I thought initially when I thought I'm just that, misremembering. Sorry, you know, it happens. It's Wet's world, baby. Um, I thought that first he had changed Stubbs' body and just changed out his control unit, and he used the machine down there to make a new body for stubs that could be but that's, that seems rather a lot to do than just kind of fixing his because he also seemed to be kind and of and i don't think stubs was wearing a white shirt and i'm pretty sure that body well, laying there had on a white shirt he also coughed up the bullet at some point so <laughs> true he did. good job he did. good job that's right so it couldn't be that okay so that's off the table could it be that he cannibalized parts from another Bernard to fix Stubbs? Yeah, fix the backbone. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. That's what I'm going to probably go just with. another word. Yeah, because who else was killed down there? I, do, I don't know. I was like, whose body is laying on the floor? I mean, <laughs> that's not where no, – no, nobody else was killed. Nobody else was killed there. So I yeah. think that it was either – it couldn't have been a new body, so it had to be that he cannibalized parts from another Bernard, and that's what Bernard. was laying on the ground. But I'd, I'd have to – you know what? I can actually look at it. I got the damn HBO Go. This is, the, this is 2020, people. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right? I should, just, I should just look at it. Where is it? Let's see. There's Bernard. He's getting off. Oh, okay. There's the Maeve scene. Now, this is me talking while I'm trying to find shit. Okay. <laughs> there, you guys got anything else to say? Well, yeah. Anybody? While you're looking that up, I'm going to say that I, I heard you and Ken talking about how Stubbs was, uh, I guess, ending his life because his, his duty is done. But then Ken said something like, well, maybe uh, Ford programmed him to miss because what are the odds he's going to miss if he shoots at that? Yeah. C4 vertebrae. So, well, and what, also, what are the up, odds though. that he's going to be in that room with all the Bernards? So I'm kind of thinking maybe Ford did program to be like, okay, and when you're done, go to this specific room and try to kill yourself. 
knowing that it wasn't going to work and that there's a chance that if, if there's anywhere in Westworld that Bernard might find him, it would be in this odd little secret room. You are probably right. It's a Bernard. I think it's a Bernard. I'm looking at it right now, and I think that it's a Bernard copy. Okay. It looks okay. like Bernard to me, and you're right. It's definitely the same body because he's fixing his neck, and you can see like the de- – yeah. Be- well, see, that's weird because they go past – they start the scene with the body on the ground, and its neck is all like exploded in the back. But he must have cannibalized parts from another Bernard. That must be what it is. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, it does. Thanks for clearing that up, Axel. Yeah, I know. It's very important. <laughs> um, yeah, see, they go down, they stop. Yeah, and he's got it. Yeah, that looks like Bernard to me. Because he's got like a, he's got like a, a button-up shirt. And mm-hmm. then when they show the neck of stubs it's definitely the same body because you can still see the bullet hole on the side that bernard has kind of fixed but hasn't totally fixed mm-hmm. so that must have been what he did he used parts from uh, from himself to put inside him <laughs> that's weird that that's is cool yeah no that's cool <laughs> yeah. what, do you, what do you mean hey that would solve the corona crisis in an instant we could all do that right Oh, Axel. What? I mean, it's not a joke. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to make a joke of tragedy. Maybe I am. I'm from New Jersey. Who gives a fuck? You're just being morbid. Uh, you got to be, right? You got to laugh to keep from crying. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Bernard tells Stubbs he came back because of Dolores, but he was trying to find Maeve, though. Yeah, he said he needed to find yeah. someone strong enough to help him. Mm-hmm. And after they talked for a minute, Stubbs is just like, Maeve. <laughs> what did you think of seeing Stubbs again? Were you guys excited? Brett, how did you feel about seeing the lesser Hemsworth? <laughs> I think it's hilarious yeah. to call him that. <laughs> yeah, I like Stubbs. Um, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a fun, likable guy. And I'm, and I'm glad he ha- he's on a mission now. And, and Bernard finally has some protection because a lot of people are after him. Yeah. And he definitely needs the help. Yes. He does. I was very happy to see Stubbs. I like the guy. I think they make a good team. Um, did you, now let me ask you this. You two, were you a hundred percent positive that he was a host after last season? Jenny. I honestly didn't even remember. Okay. He was a host. I okay. mean, and I rewatched it, but I mean, it was just, it was kind of revealed like at the very end of last season. Right. Yes. And I had not remembered that. So, um, I was like, oh, he's the host. <laughs> I should have known, but yeah, I, I for, had forgotten. Okay, Brett? I, I was about 98% sure yeah. that he was a I was leaving 2% open because the writers are so good about, you know, ambiguity. But yeah, I, I was pretty sure. It's interesting. But also, there were things about him, sorry. There were things about him, like, as Brett just alluded to, that... um made him seem like, and I, I th- feel like I probably questioned it at times, but I never was like sure. And then I had forgotten that they revealed that at the end of last season. So. Yeah. I have not rewatched season one since then. I just rewatched, well, I rewatched the last two episodes and really he's much more in the earlier episodes. Um, so it'd be interesting to see 
again kind of how he acted throughout the series up to that point. You know, in in season yeah. two, he just kind of pops up at different points in the park. But even those make sense where he's kind of guiding people the way Ford would want him to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I was actually pretty surprised that it, it signaled to me, and this is something that made me think of you, Brett, is that if Ford told him, you know, he killed, he shot himself because his purpose is over then does that mean that Ford has no more story? Mm, well, I I was theorizing that he programmed him to miss, that Ford programmed him to miss. So you do shot. believe that? It makes a lot of sense that he would be in that specific room. Like if he were just anywhere else in some random spot on Westworld and he was dying or he tried to kill himself then maybe but i feel like because he was in that room he was told to go to that room and try to kill himself and ford programmed that knowing that he would miss and that there was a chance that bernard would find him not that he necessarily knew that but if there if there was any place in westworld that bernard might find him it would be in that secret little room of bernard's yeah because that's not even remember that's not even on the map anywhere so even right. they would have like if they were reconstituting the park going through they'd have to physically find that place in order to find him and find everything that was inside of it and they had not done that so far and it's not even on any maps yeah so stubbs wouldn't well i guess stubbs went there with carl strand last year so that's how he knew it was there oh that's true yeah i forgot about that that's true but didn't bernard bring them there uh, well, they took Bernard there when they found a trace of Teresa's DNA. Ah, true. Okay. Good one. Man, you so, remember good stuff, Brett. It's, you should do a podcast. Your memory is so much yeah, better than mine, I like Brett. it. That's awesome. <laughs> Imagine if you could listen to a podcast where James Delos tells you why he bought Westworld. Well, James Delos isn't real, but Christopher Slough of Reddit, Brandon Hilcart of Bark, and Cortland Allen of Indie Hackers are. And so is Code Story. Code Story is a podcast interviewing the tech visionaries about their journeys building products from nothing to something amazing. Code Story is a podcast interviewing the tech visionaries about their journeys. Like How I Built This with Guy Raz, this is the same type of podcast, but bend towards those in the tech world. In the show, host Noah Labhart digs into the critical details about what it takes to change an industry, how the tech visionary got started building their world-changing product, what sort of trade-offs they had to make in the beginning, and how they coped with them. Our tech leaders are not only brilliant builders, they're humans, and they have a human story to tell. Hey, I've listened to the podcast, and it's awesome. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're into tech. And if you want to hear the real human stories behind that tech, Code Story is the podcast for you. Subscribe to Code Story now on every major podcast platform. Code Story, the future is now. Um, okay, so let's jump back into Maeve. I mean, this is when Jenny wanted to talk about her skirt. I did. <laughs> I just put the notes in there because I thought it was funny. <laughs> because 
she had on basically a pencil skirt. I mean, it wasn't like a real tight pencil skirt, but it was a very slim skirt. And there is no way in hell that she'd have been able to ride the horse with that skirt on like that. She'd have needed to ride side saddle or she'd have had to have it hitched all up to her hoo-ha yeah. <laughs> in order to ride that horse. There's, it doesn't split like that. Skirts just don't do that. But that was just a weird thing for me. And yeah. was be- so me you being petty. Before anybody else, because that is just not real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, baby. It's like, you know? not real. <laughs> Speaking of hoo-ha, we got some full frontal bush on this episode too, when she was originally in the, uh, in the, um, in the Mesa. That was that was enjoyable. Oh, on the table, yeah. Yeah, man, she is gorgeous. I'm not. I'm not going to complain. I almost felt like that was a nod to the Game of Thrones uh, cameo that we're going to come to. That they were just kind of like, we might as well throw in some gratuitous nudity here, right? Like, yeah. you okay with that, Thandy? She's like, well, I'm okay with it. Look at me. I'm fine with it. You know, there's no problem with that. Um, this was, but this is just a little quick scene. She walks off. She meets Sizemore. She leaves Hector, which actually a little bit. I mean, I guess that was another, another indicate. I mean, well, she had kind of decided, I guess, to let people make their own decisions. Just as not well, I guess Dolores really didn't do that. So she wasn't going to like force him <laughs> no, to Dolores come. just reprogram yeah, them. <laughs> exactly. Dolores did not do that. Um, but I kind of, I, I don't know. I was kind of hoping that she would like that. He would still come along for the journey with them, you know, but I right. mean, there's no way to kind of bring him enough. And like, then it might've been interesting if there were like two control units and she had also, Maybe we find out later that secretly she had pulled his unit while that was happening, but I'm sure they have enough security to tell that that would have happened too. Right. But um, and, and she'd have to find a body for. So, him. was Hector a bot too, or was he a background part of the simulation? Are we are we able to distinguish those two things? I personally am not sure. I think I they don't were know all... if his brain ball was there or if he was just right. a simulation, like a hologram or whatever. See, you know what I think, and, and this is what Ken and I were kind of theorizing. I, I mean, because think... none of them have bodies; they're like it's virtual, right? But is it? Are they in a shared virtual? Are they? Are they in the cradle? Or are they each in their own little simulation to extract whatever information he's trying to get out of each one or just keep them in their own little loop? My thinking would be each one is plugged into their own simulation. simulation. Right. There's a master computer obviously running it, but they are, you know, they're going into their own little thing. Like another one could be you know whoever you know somebody's in westworld another one is in it and perhaps some of them are just right are just host copies but we don't even know what they are you know because we don't know what this company is capable of in relationship to delos i i i know that's possible but i i know because serac was so focused on mave that it also would not surprise me if you know, she was the subject. You know, she was the one important subject of this simulation that he built, and all of the others. 
I mean, we're plugged I, into it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not totally convinced that there there was a, there is a separate si- simulation for every single okay. one of those. Interesting. I wonder if they'll um, get into that because I do want even an explanation for what that room is. You know why? I mean, it was it. It couldn't built just for Maeve. It was built already. You know, like they sure. had that capacity. Why? Are they right? I mean, this brings us into our whole, the theory you had about Caleb. Is this further uh, evidence that Insight is capable of inter- in using and interacting with these control units? It's not proprietary to Delos? Could, could be, or it could be stolen uh, data. Could be, uh... True. Could it could be stolen? I mean, or that could be their cradle, and you know what I'm saying. And uh, right. other people are being trained in it, or they he's already done like mind transference. It did feel like a just a miniature, like a shoddy version yeah. of the cradle. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, they had. A, I guess they had some time. This that we we don't know exactly when this time is. That's something to be said for this episode. We don't know. He didn't say it's been three months or whatever, but we do know that it's been time enough for Dolores to have accessed in uh, Rehoboam enough to bring up his sensors. You know, so it happened after the whole first action scene in the first episode with what's the guy's name larry i keep on forgetting his name jerry jerry Jerry. with jerry so that's kind of interesting um so uh let's see we have a little bit of a scene here where bernard and Stubbs are in cold storage and they find mave there right that was cool yeah. yeah, you find Maeve there right at, right around the same time as, as you see the other scene with Maeve and Lee and realize that's a you know yep. simulation. I thought that that was very cool. And it was interesting, too, the way it was just a kind of like, I mean, just, uh, I mean, visual parallel between the way that we see that body on the floor with the head and... And also Stubbs getting his head fixed and then they turn around and Maeve's control unit is missing. You know, that's <laughs> kind of weird, right? It's like, and then Bernard has the double body. It was just, just like you saying, um, Brett, they still take the time to reference back to things and keep us within this world. Yeah. Right. But but when they do that, they've, they, Maeve has just discovered that she's in the well, not that she's in the simulation yet, right? She she figures out that uh, size. Yeah, that is when she figures that's out it's the a next simulation, scene. right? Yeah, that's the well, direct no, next this, scene. The scene before that, though, oh, she hasn't figured out the simulation. But the scene before, when they find Maeve's body, Maeve has figured out that Sizemore isn't real. Yes. Yes. And then the scene directly after, yeah, is when she says it's all a construct. None of it is real. We're not here. So where the fuck are we? Yeah. Let's talk about that. That was was cool. Go ahead. Did they throw all the hosts in cold storage after the massacre? Just piled them all in there? Well, I mean, a lot of them were still standing there. Yeah. But 
But there was a big pile of bodies, too. I don't know that they were all in there, though. Because May was on the beach. Uh, or, like, okay, so the bunch of bodies were flooded when the uh, mm-hmm. when the forge flooded. So all those bodies that they recovered, all, all the host bodies that they recovered, I guess they took them all to cold storage. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. And the ones That's that they, you know, the ones that they took out and all yeah. of them. I mean, it seems like that they were when we you know when bernard and stubbs are going through medieval world and find dan and dave they're <laughs> breaking stuff down and stubbs says they're just basically everybody's kind of waiting either if it to get fired or like you know ship out yeah so i think that it makes sense that after dolores got uh, the hailbot got on that boat and you know they i guess one question i had from last season maybe you can answer this for me brett is delora bernard says i killed you i killed you all and then dolores turns around and kills everybody did they find the body the blood but that's in the simulation did they find like carl's body or did she replace carl and all those people too. We never find out yeah. what happened directly after that. Yeah, because she shoots Carl and a couple other guys there inside the little forge, you know, lobby area. And, right. And then we don't see what happens. We never saw what happened. So they it, it could have been that she got rid of the bodies, right? And yeah. you know, um, Bernard went and lied down on the beach. But, and then they find him and they go through the whole thing is, but if, um, she, me made those bodies, Carl could show up this season. That's true. That's interesting. So could the tech guy who was in with, with us for most of last season, that's, that's, you know, yeah. as, As fake people, they could show up. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I, I kept on, I thought of that when I was watching it, I'm glad I remembered that because that's a question I had coming into this season is Bernard says that again, I killed you. I killed them. You know, he says, I killed them all. We find out what that is, but when he's actually in the cradle before Halebot makes her, you know, presence known, he says, I killed you. I killed all of you. And then she kills all of them. So I always thought like maybe she replaced them too, because if she just went out at some point, they would have, you know, figured out what happened down there. They're going to find a body or two. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's a, that's a gap. We are finding gaps in Westworld people. We're (laughs) discovering things. We're remembering things. That's what the podcast is about. What is speaking of gaps real quick. So they, I guess they took most of the host to cold storage. And then some point thereafter, Ciroc or a team of people he hires goes in there and, and steals whichever control units that they want. Or they uh, just hire employees of uh, Westworld mm. to be double agents and steal the tech for them. I love that idea. I mean, there was, remember season one, that was a whole plot line, right? I mean, they eventually discovered that it was kind of Ford, but it was like somebody stealing the data, you know? 
Yeah, mm. the little antenna thing yeah. that was in their arm. Ah, exactly. Sending data to a satellite. Well, right. That was um, Hale that was Oh, doing yeah, yeah. That, that was Hale. Mm-hmm. But at each point, they thought one of the other might, mm-hmm. right, be steal. So this whole idea of stealing the data, that's interesting. Maybe Dan and Dave are working for Insight. <laughs> Those motherfuckers. Somebody had a theory. <laughs> At some point, someone had a theory that Hale was uh, um, working for a third party on the side, maybe. Maybe. That would be interesting to find out that, you know, there's more to a person that they didn't reveal at Westworld. So Dolores doesn't have that information. That would be really interesting if she, yeah, if she were working for Ciroc, but Dolores doesn't realize that or something. That is cool. I had not thought of that. Um, all right. What did you think of the whole of of Sizemore figuring it out? I I love this. Like you talked about um, in our little text, I think we had we had mentioned that this is something. I think I mentioned, but I was talking to you, Brett. I think it was in one of the episodes that you were on about the idea of it shrinking down, and we realize we're in a simulation or we're in the real world. I thought mm-hmm. that this was really awesome. And I just, I know it must have really given you a sci-fi boner. <laughs> well, I just immediately thought about that. And I, I first I thought it was like an Andy email because I couldn't remember, but I immediately thought of that theory that the uh, aspect ratio would s- slowly start shrinking in, and there it is happening. Yeah. So I just thought that was really cool. Did you notice that, Jenny? I noticed that it looked weird. I didn't like notice it the way you guys are talking about it, but I'm like, oh wow, they're deep because they they notice these things. But I I did notice that the screen looked different. Yeah. I just didn't catch on that it was that they had changed the aspect ratio and slant, uh, put the what did you say on the other one the, the other podcast where put the just black the black the bars slide in. Yeah, I, think, I, I, mean, I hadn't even really noticed that, but I did notice that it was different. <laughs> yeah. That's, and I think that's really all you need to know. You know what I mean? I think that, you know, when you get deeper into the Nolan brothers and how many times that's been done in film in films that they've done before, you know, they love to play with that, particularly Christopher Nolan. So that's kind of cool, but just that it gets that different feel is what they're really after. And mm-hmm. I think even if you don't know it, like the way the screen changed, the way that they did all the backgrounds breaking down, um, I thought that that was really kind of cool. I did notice the backgrounds breaking down. I was like, what in the fuck is going on? I was like, why is everything melting away? And then I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was super cool. Um, well, let's continue along with that and Maeve's whole plan to um giving them giving the techs a math problem what did you think (laughs) of this jenny and like the putting the notes in and all that stuff i i thought it was really interesting and this is like i had said at the beginning when we were talking about it and it was when we were talking about them dumbing it down or whatever i love the way that they explained it but it didn't make me feel like they were dumbing it down i was like oh i get it and i get it in real time, like while I'm watching this, I get what's going on and it was really cool. So I, I really appreciated it. I thought it was cool. And, um, you know, she, she did a lot there for moving the story forward for me. Yeah. Most deaf. What do you think, Brett? 
I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I also thought it was a little too easy. <laughs> and uh, she said a couple of times a line like, uh, who, who do these people think they're dealing with? Like, she's so she's cracking this so easy. Yeah, she even called out later on how they left it so open for her. It was mm-hmm. too simple. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. What do you think about that? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Ciroc kind of just was was waiting for her to, to break out. Like he was setting it up for. Giving, like seeing how much leaving a path well, and seeing if she's capable of doing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I also definitely think he was trying to get the information as far as where the, that virtual Eden was beamed off to, but I also think he was, well, I mean, he has, he has a body printed there on site. So I think he was kind of seeing how long it took her to, to break out of it. And uh, yeah. It makes sense. I'm still confused as to, I mean, what his, real motivations are whether he's whether Rehoboam really was making life better for people you know it sounded kind mm-hmm. of um like with watchmen like adrian vitish like he just he's just a, like basically a guy who thinks he can control everything so i it does it does make it interesting to see it's like the whole game of whether how long we thought last season, you know, how much of this is Ford still, you know, how much control do people really have? So that's something that I hadn't really thought too much about that. He kind of made it easier for her to get out of there. And I love the thing she did when she, you have the map, you have like, I thought that (laughs) that was really kind of cute and it, it was funny. And it did, um, it did, it did give it like a, that kind of weird like Star Trek vibe when they go back to, you know, the past on earth, like it did make it seem like they were like little green men, you know, like Mm -hmm. you were talking about Jenny, it made them Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you realized how fake it all was. Cause you know, I mean, it's, you know, whenever you see a bunch of Nazis and everything, you just, you're kind of programmed from all the movies and films and real life stuff we've seen to, think of them in a horrific way but then to see them kind of reduced to that and then start shooting each other i thought it was a great scene in the way they pulled that off though i was surprised that um and it even shows it's more of a a simulation that with all that those guns going off uh lee didn't get shot or anything because he's just like always in the way of everything i thought he was going to get shot by accident (laughs) That that um, bullet that stopped like inches from his face. <laughs> yeah, and he almost did. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, that was another thing I forgot. Wasn't that cool when she first discovers that it's a simulation and she throws out that, what was it? Like kind of like a ceramic, almost rabbit or something. Was that a rabbit? It or was like a plaster a bust, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, just kind of, it was probably, there's probably some symbolism behind that. And it just kind I of sticks it actually, in the I think it actually, I'm not positive, but when I, the, when I watched it the first time, uh, it looked like a bust of a woman with long hair, but I didn't really pay that much attention to it. And I didn't look at it that hard the second time through, but being that they were in, um, 
Sizemore's office and she had just seen all those uh the pictures oh, of her. Yeah. I'm wondering if it was a bust of her. That's great. I think it was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought it might be, but I, I wasn't positive because I didn't go back and look again. That's cool. I dig that. Oh man, this show is awesome. All right, now we get to the cool part. Um, Jenny, what was your reaction? How long did it take you to figure out it was Dan okay, and Dave? Okay, so I knew that Dan and Dave were going to have a cameo this season. Oh, I had actually read that. Okay. Um, but I did not catch them when they went past them first. When I saw the dragon, I recognized him immediately as Drogon. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw one... I. I think it's Dave. It might be Dan, but I noticed the one with the longer hair that's lighter colored. I knew that that was one of them. And I was like, Oh, there they are. <laughs> so I knew they were going to have, I didn't know Drogon was going to have a cameo though. How about you, Brett? Uh, I thought it was cool. I didn't, I don't, I didn't. I don't really have much to say about it. Did you catch I, on I just, to it right away? Did you notice that it was I, the I, Game of Thrones well, I knew people? It was Drogon, for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, and I did not see the Dan and Dave until uh, Axel pointed it out later. Oh, okay. Yeah, I totally saw Drogon there, and then I saw that they were in medieval world. Yeah, this is part oh. four. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Parkour. Um, I uh, parkour. I immediately knew. I did not know, but I immediately knew it was them because their damn faces are burnt in my mind from watching right. so many YouTube I just had, videos. I didn't, I didn't pay attention. Yeah. And Dave to them is that very, much until I saw the dragon. Yeah, Dan is kind of. He looks like an. He looks like a dude. I think it's you know if people didn't rick up, but Benny off really is a i mean i think he's a handsome looking dude he has a distinctive look to him and i immediately knew it was him and the i the one that was, was sitting whoa. down is yes. the one that i recognized yes. which one is that <laughs> that's um dave benioff okay that's the one i recognize he's married right to uh what's her name the actress um there's lots I'm of forgetting. actresses <laughs> <laughs> thanks that was like a dj comment <laughs> like, can i ask a question no um i think uh oh man i'm forgetting her name now but i i just yeah i saw it right away i knew it was him i i really it didn't take me out i thought it was a lot of fun and i thought I, it was fun too yeah and especially when like I was saying with Ken, like it's that it's the simulation. It, like it worked because the other storyline is a simulation and it kind of gave it this weird balance, you know, like, mm -hmm. cause that kind of brings you out and you realize, Oh wait, this whole freaking show is a sim. This is a TV show. <laughs> like it's, a, it's all a simulation. Um, I thought that that was really cool. Taking a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. And we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in Cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy, 
surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Hey, everybody, I've got an exciting announcement. Our very own Heath Santazo, a.k.a. Heath Solo, who you know is a great actor, has been writing a screenplay and is now producing his first feature film, The Star City Murders. A team of detectives are tracking down a serial killer, but his methods are like nothing law enforcement has ever seen. It's a race against time before more victims are claimed. The Star City Murders. You can be a big part of this project and become a backer. Just go to cefilms.com for all the information on the film and how to donate, or go to kickstarter.com and search The Star City Murders. And also, if you look in the show notes or at dvrpodcast.com, all the links are there for you. There are many great rewards for donating, including a tier where you get an exclusive behind-the-scene podcast hosted by me, Axel Foley. That's right. Let's help get Solo make this movie, all right? Go out there and donate. $5, $10, whatever you can give. Let's make sure that Solo gets this done. And also, all the Patreon funds coming to DVR Podcast are going to this Kickstarter because we believe in Solo. This is going to be an awesome movie and we want to be a part of it. So head on over to CE Films today. The Star City Murders, baby. Let's find the killer. Brett, did you did you grab anything uh, of note from Bernard running these tests on himself and this whole kind of sequence that goes through here? I mean, the fight was pretty cool, but the information that he relays to Stubbs about Dolores and everything, did this make you think of anything? Not really. Uh well, the the way he talked about how um, if if Dolores put a corruption in him when she rebuilt him, then maybe he he's not going to realize it unless he tests you know himself in a clean area. Just putting that thought in my head uh, makes me think that there is something like that. So uh, my my immediate thought was that there's there's more to Renard in terms of how Dolores built him than we realize. Yeah. But as far as exactly how that's going to play out, I'm not sure. And I was sad that Stubbs had to, to cut the diagnostic short <laughs> because I feel like, you know, he was going to find out, you know, even more. Yeah. I wanted to rewatch those scenes that he was flashing through. Mm-hmm. Um, and like write them all down. But I was like, that's a lot of scenes. So I did not do that, but it was interesting for sure. And I wish he had been able to complete it as well. I think that what you see is just like a progression. And most of it was from the end of season two. She's in the library They're They're in the forge. I love, I love in the forge when she's, when she's looking at the books. And I did notice this time that she had Liam's book, but, uh, I love the 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 pages are um player piano music. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. I think that's so cool. <laughs> it is very cool. Well, Ford, right? He loves that stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was a lot. What it made me think of, did it give either of you the impression that, uh, again, with the kind of balance between the two storylines, with Maeve, we have Sorak trying to get this information, and it seems like not he doesn't have he doesn't not only does he not know where the forge is but he doesn't have basic information about her relationship with Felix Sylvester right and mm-hmm. in this respect yeah. is it possible that over these 3 months Bernard could not access the information that he had because he should have been able to he was there with her right he should have been able to know what book she looked at he has a he has a host mind too. He can recreate mm-hmm. it just like reality. So that's a great point. You know, was she blocking certain memories from him? Maybe she was, oh, and God. that's what he was seeing. You yeah, think? that's that's what I'm yeah, saying. Because, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Because like one of the la- the last one that I did write down, I said Bernard flashes to Charloris because it <laughs> was when uh, Dolores was in Charlotte's body at yeah. the end, um, or you know, before they. Before everything else happens, but toward the end, <laughs> yeah, who? That's a good thought, Axel. Yeah. So I think that that goes to show that he was he was right. We don't know yet what else she changed, but it does seem to be because the information that he comes out with when he's on the beach with Stubbs is we've got to go find this um, this Gallagher character, right? And mm-hmm. he should rightfully the our understanding of these host minds is that anything that happens around them they can recreate in their mind like it's happening right they have perfect uh recall on this stuff so he should have been able to kind of figure that out but the fact that she blocked him from that memory is what keys him into the fact that they must go and find this person yes and i wonder what else she's blocked him from because If you remember, Bernard had been to the forge many times before. Great point, dude. That's a fantastic right because, and he doesn't he he doesn't remember because his memory because Ford would wipe his memory each time. I guess, but basically he was he was there on uh, Ford's directive many times before. Yeah, It's, it's very interesting. I dig it because that is, I mean. She she brought him back and did those fidelity tests, but she had his original pearl. That's my understanding, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the pearls that she brought out. One of them was Bernard. So mm-hmm. she didn't those memories are still there. Everything, like how she can remember that she was, you know, at those parties with William and blah blah, right? And all that other stuff. Yeah. He should so she blocked stuff from his memory. So she did mess with him. It's not she wasn't starting on even ground. All right, I'm glad that we talked that out because I think yeah. that that's true. We've discovered now everything about Westworld. The podcast is officially <laughs> over. Um <laughs> No. Oh, go ahead, Brett. No, I was responding to that comment because, whoa, 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 I'm still confused about many things. We need to keep talking. All right, let's talk it. Um, All right, so we're coming to the end here. I mean, we kind of already talked about Bernard. Why don't we just talk about Bernard and Stubbs on the beach? 
they're going to find Liam. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about there? I thought it was kind of cool the way that, you know, he reprograms him. But did you take anything from that, Jenny? From which scene? The the last scene before they leave Westworld. I mean, I was glad that Bernard reprogrammed him, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was funny. I think you had mentioned this in your uh, podcast with Ken that um, he said, you know, what you could have just asked. I, I, I just was glad that they, he didn't let him go off and yeah. commit suicide. He needs a protector. Mr. Brett? Uh, I thought it was cool. I, I I guess Stubbs is not awake totally yet as far as the ability to change his own uh, core drive. He still needs someone else to do it for him. That's a great but, point. He's not conscious. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's totally conscious like Bernard is. Yeah, I don't think so. But, what do you think, Jenny? I don't know that I... I I don't know. I think he he is a different level of host than what Bernard is. I I do think he has conscience con- consciousness. Thank you, word. Um, I think it's just different than Bernard. I don't think he's on the same level. I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. No, I think he's, I think I understand what you're saying because like he a knows lower he's level a host. Robot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that, but he that does. says something about him that he knows he's a host and he still continues, right? right. Like, he, to be okay yeah. and, and be able to, for the most part, act human and not have a problem with getting by day by day. Um, he's just different. Yeah. I guess they're going to go for like kind of the, even the meathead can become conscious, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? He's meaty, man. He's got some big ass arms on him. <laughs> damn i didn't know that before i was watching i was like damn that's some big ass arms dude he must be arm wrestling his brothers because he got to take down <laughs> thor um well let's talk about i guess the end the whole last scene with mave escaping this whole scene i mean brett i know again this must be a lot of fun with the sci-fi stuff that robot what what did you have any commentary questions about that whole thing and including even the last scene with um her and Sirak? Ooh. Um, well, first of all, the robot was really freaking cool. The, the busted, you know, Maeve's control unit out. Um, just that whole thing was shot so well. It's just, just classic Westworld, you know, completely new, you know, completely new scene environment and completely new robot we haven't seen before, but still, you know, very Westworld-like. And the the last conversation with Soraka, I, I thought it was, I, don't know, I thought it was pretty loaded. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure how much to believe anything that he says. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely agree with that. What do you think, Jenny? Uh, I thought the bot was cool. Um, I think her name was Harriet, and Maeve did refer to her as a female. Oh, I, I, I heard somewhere that her name was Harriet, but I'm like, where did you get Harriet? I even had the captions on the second time through. I did not see that, but I think her name was Harriet. Um, 
I thought it was really cool. And I did watch the little behind the scenes thing and they talked about how they did the filming of that and how, you know, they had a special suit on this really very thin man and they had him run through the, like the spiral staircase and stuff and do all the things that the robot did. And I thought that was really awesome too. Cause I like watching those behind the scenes things. But the thing with Sirach, uh, I agree, he's not trustworthy, and he said a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, he did say a lot of things. And you know what the whole thing reminded me of? Arnold's house. The way it was mm, like the yes. mix of the nature, the plants, right? Mm-hmm. It, there, there's definitely- It was gorgeous. It, it was amazing. I mean, that whole spiral staircase you're talking about, and the fact that there's- this like hidden laboratory down there. He is definitely along the lines of Ford Arnold, right? He Mm -hmm. he's one of these guys. And I definitely feel that there had to have been a connection between them. You know, it's like a Bill Gates, Steve jobs kind of, well, really Bill Gates, Steve Wozniak, because Steve (laughs) jobs couldn't program his iPhone. But I think that well, – I shouldn't say that. He probably could program his iPhone. But I think that, that you've got to think that they kind of rose up together and had these kind of purposes. And I definitely saw that parallel with even in the type of you know nature inside the house thing that he had going on in the same way that Arnold did. Yes. I, I have a theory. Hit me. Yay! It's not really – it's not really backed up by it a is Westworld theory cast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if uh, Sirach was the um, destination for Maeve's escape plan that Ford programmed into her. Dun dun dun! Oh, I like it, Brett. I've always wondered. Where, okay, so Ford is trying to get Maeve out, but where the heck is she going to go once she gets out? Right. Well, Sirach has enough power, enough wealth. He's in opposition to Delos, so he would protect her again, you know, from Delos, and he would probably let her live whatever life that she wanted to, as long as, you know, she's not messing with Rehoboam. So that could be, you know, the end of that narrative. That's interesting because it wasn't going to be Arnold's house. Dolores went to Arnold's house because she's Arnold's favorite, and that was a part of their story together, you know, mm-hmm. and she remembered it. So that wasn't part of, I don't, that was not his plan. He wasn't going to send her there. So that's interesting that made and, that, cause we never knew where Maeve was supposed to go. And Sirach seems to know a lot about her as far as the, her, the, that she changed her mind, you know, changed her narrative. And oh. you know what else holds up that, um, it was, yeah. If she was going to him and what was I going to say? There was something that I had just worked out in my brain that went right with what you were saying. And I totally lost it. Oh, my brain is fried. (laughs) You were, you were starting to say if she, I know I'm like trying to put it back together and I can't, I can't get there. Go ahead. Keep talking. Sorry. Oh, I mean, I just think that it's that that's a really interesting theory. And I think that I, I, there's definitely more to it. Every, we always get backstory on things And I wonder if what he's doing now with Maeve is something that Ford anticipated. If there's some way that he put another safeguard out there, is that, I mean, we have talked, we, your theory last week, Brett, 
about um, Caleb being kind of an insight or we had, I don't know if you had said, or I said like, he's like the insight version mm-hmm. of Dolores. Is it possible that Caleb is from Ford and that there's other, that he planted other hosts out there in the world to be there for Maeve when she got out? I finally remembered what I was going to say. Hit me. <laughs> I, I was agreeing with Brent, Brett's theory because that could be why uh, Sorok suspected that she was the problem and didn't realize that Dolores even existed. Because if he had information about her ahead of time, because she was like supposed to be going to him when she had her escape plan, that would make total sense as to why he would... Um, suspect her because she had been waking up for years. I believe Ford told her that, didn't he? That yes. she had been waking up for years. Jenny and Green. so if he had the the escape plan and had her, so yeah, I did have a good thought. Just that, like that's, that, that is a fantastic. <laughs> I, Jenny, that makes total sense, right? He knows mm-hmm. she's supposed to be coming, but what happens instead? This whole freaking crazy revolt, right? And then he has to go in and extract Maeve, get her out mm-hmm. of Westworld. Right. But he's not sure if she's safe. Right. (laughs) He still has to put her in the simulation because he's not sure. Hey, maybe she's the one who did all this crazy shit. And he says, no, it was Dolores. Okay. Now I can use Maeve, but still by putting that control over her, it seems like that would be kind of a doing you know doing a wrong to what yeah doing Ford a disservice yeah, because it's exactly. not gonna it's not gonna get him the results that he wants either exactly exactly yeah. right like didn't uh, this is what i said to ken is as He's soon as he did that, his own purpose the, right. well, but, is definitely okay. not gonna work with him. In, in defense of the rock wasn't she about to kill him <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's true too i mean so there, I, yeah that's a good I, point I brett like, i had forgotten about like, that there was like there's this next there's this next level level ability that only Ford has, at least what we've seen so far, where he can freeze anybody, even someone like Maeve who's awoken. True. Maybe shared that, you know, the the super secret code with Sirach. So now he mm. that's how he's able to freeze even yeah. an awoken Maeve. And also Could Ford be. was Ford was one to quickly change his mind and do things that probably were about control and keeping on his plan rather than really them being free. You know, like I know that in the end we are to believe that Ford changed his mind and he wanted them to be free, but still his Mm -hmm. methodologies are to be questioned heavily. True that. You know, very true. Which include massacring everyone at the park, which is probably not a nice thing to do to people (sighs) when they're on vacation. (laughs) Right. Especially on vacation. All right, guys. I mean, we've been going for a while here, like an hour 20, 24 or something. Um, oh, man. Like that. We've yeah, been chatting for a while. Uh, the last question I had for you, I'll ask you this first, Brett, is our cleanup text. Gina, Tim, and Andy had been talking about this whole thing with last episode, maybe perhaps not this episode, but what's happening with Dolores perhaps being a simulation. Are you buying into that at all, Brett? Well, I I was not buying into it until I saw this episode 
well, the main thing is that the, the whole aspect ratio was was a convention that they established last season mm-hmm. as far as you know portraying virtual reality and it seemed to be a pretty well defined convention so that's kind of I was what I was leaning on until this episode when obviously the first half of the episode was all virtual reality but we didn't realize it so right it's only it only becomes until, that when they want us to know it's a simulation yeah. Or if, when someone inside the simulation realizes that it's a simulation. Good point. So that, that could be. Um, I'm not totally convinced that everything that I'm not convinced that what we saw in episode one is a simulation, but I definitely like the concept of there being multiple levels and that Dolores could already be inside Rehoboam, you know, making things happen that are directly affecting, you know, what we are seeing in the real world. I just don't think we've actually seen her, her work inside of a, of a simulation yet. That, that, that was my thought when I was listening to that. That's interesting. That is there a way that we're going to see Dolores plug into Rehoboam in the same way that we saw, you know, Bernard go into the cradle and her and Bernard go into the forge. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm not, I have to say, I don't think that that is a simulation. I think that Dolores is in the real world. I think Caleb is in the real world. Um, I know that there've been little thin people thought like, I think Justin might've thought there was like a bullet flashes on his head when he talks about it to show that it's somehow like a computer, but I don't know. Are you, are you, were you thinking of that at all, Jenny? I don't think Dolores is in a simulation no. and no, I did not notice the gunshot thing that Justin called out and I'm not that pressed about that one, but I agree with you that, that about Dolores, I don't, I don't think she, I think she's in the real world, real right. world. I can't say world today for that's some right. reason. Hey, you know what? Oh. <laughs> I think that with everything that's it's been going on in word. the world, we've, we've already done a, a, an hour and 20 minutes of a podcast about an hour long show. I think we've done a fantastic <laughs> job, whether we can pronounce English words or not. <laughs> I just can't today. <laughs> I know it's been it's been a week, guys. But hey, I think that covers it. Is there anything else that anyone wants to talk about? I think I'm good. Uh, well, just one last thought along the lines of virtual reality. Um, from what I can tell, there's there's two types that we can see. We can see the the type that we saw actually living inside a computer simulation. But then there's also these hologram glasses that we were introduced to. Oh yeah. And that mm. first scene, uh, Jerry is like trying to run away. He's running down the stairs and he runs out to his patio and then the entire scenery changes. And Dolores walks out and says, do you remember, you know, being here before as if he, what he was seeing was a completely different place than where he was actually was because he's had these glasses on. Nice. I'm wondering, and if you look in the background, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of people with these glasses. I know like almost everyone has earbuds and I feel like probably a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, those earbud things glasses. are weird. <laughs> so I can imagine a scenario where everyone with these glasses, if they're required, or maybe it's just the computer chip in their head that's required, but everyone is basically having a shared a hologram hallucination together and that they're not actually inside of a a computer simulation, but they're Mm -hmm. also 
not seeing the real world either. Augmented reality. Yeah. Ah, uh, Brett, I love that. And that further blurs the line, which is what this show is all about, right? Mm-hmm. True. So that's cool. That's a great thought. All right, let's end it there. We're all going to think about that. We're looking forward to the next episode. Coming up on Sunday, I will be actually doing a post show directly after the episode, which I will put up on our feed. Uh, and everyone can listen to that. It'll be up late Sunday evening for, well, for me and even later for everyone else in the United States since I'm on the West Coast. Um, that's going to be fun with Justin and Hacks. And I will put on that on our social medias and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this has been a great show again, guys. It's a pleasure to sit down and chat with you about Westworld. Jenny, would you like to say goodbye? And then Brett, you say goodbye and then I'll say goodbye. Everybody have a great week. It's been great chatting with you. Uh, I hope everyone has an awesome week and that they uh, stay safe and free of COVID-19. Touche and say howdy to your moms for me. Howdy, mom. (laughs) Peace.